Locked On Dolphins, hosted by Travis Wingfield. Your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm in town to play the Dolphins, you dumbass. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Friday, July the 27th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, it is day two of practice. It is in the books, and we've got camp notes for you guys. Coach Gaze's presser, Jarvis Landry popping off yet again, and three reasons why you should be uber confident in Ryan Tannehill's 2018 season. But first, I kindly invite each and every one of you to quote Ryan Tannehill to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review once you have gone there and done so. Give me a follow on Twitter. It's at WinkleNFL. The show is at LockedOnFins. And of course, check out LockedOnDolphins.com, your daily written content on the Miami Dolphins. We have practice notes in there, a Ryan Tannehill piece, everything you guys want to know about Ryan Tannehill 2.0 and this Miami Dolphins football team. And of course, last but not least, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts. Like the Locked On Heat and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. First up on the show today, a couple of news items for you guys. Two injuries to speak of and not really significant injuries by any stretch of the imagination. Isaiah Ford, the second year wide receiver who missed his entire rookie season with a knee injury, left practice today with another soft tissue injury, but he came back onto the field for some light stretching. He did not return to practice, but he was out there and it seems like he might be okay. And Jake Brendel was a DNP, a did not practice, but it was not serious apparently just a very minor calf strain and it was more of a precaution than anything else and luckily for the Dolphins that is basically all there is for the news this time of year news tends to be only injury based so anytime we can avoid that always going to be better let's go ahead and kick this podcast off that's another Miami Dolphins And I don't want to make this story the lead of the podcast, but it's something we have to cover. It's something we just, it's like the anthem thing. I guess we kind of have to address it when it comes up. But Jarvis Landry is talking yet again and basically saying that the Dolphins did not utilize him enough in the way they ran his routes in 2017 and previously to that as well, saying that he only was able to run four routes in the Miami offense, two shallow in-breaking routes, basically a slant and a crosser, shallow crosser, and a flat and a speed out to the outside part of the field, as well as the screen pattern, which is everyone runs that in the offense. But Jarvis Landry is just a jilted ex at this point that cannot stop talking about the Miami Dolphins. And that's going to be all we're going to say about him because we know this guy has lied in the past about certain things that happened in the offseason. So there's really nothing to talk about here because do we actually believe the guy this time? Is he telling the truth this time? Or is it just yet another lie? A piece up on, I believe it was sportsillustrated.com if you guys want to see more, but we're not going to get any more into that piece. We're going to talk about Ryan Tannehill since it is his 30th birthday today and it only seems fitting that he kicks off the show with some notes on him. The now 30-year-old, welcome to the club, my friend. And he had a press conference after practice yesterday. Not really a press conference, more of one of those situations where the beat writers just swarmed him and he spoke after practice. And I got to tell you, man, these beat writers... How many times did they ask him the exact same question in an eight-minute segment? He even called that one dude out who was right there when he answered the same question about the brace two minutes earlier. And he said, weren't you here earlier? Did you just get here? And so I feel Ryan Tannehill's frustration on that. I feel like these media guys make these players really reserved and guarded about what they say because of how 
they just treat them as not really humans or people. It's more of a robot and a type of job to them than a human interaction. So one of the things he talked about was Kenny Stills and how Kenny Stills' buddy was making the video that Tannehill put out, the hype video pre-camp, and he decided to be more active on social media this season. And he also alluded to the idea that there is no set comparison to what his leadership style is. He has his own style. I am myself, he said. So good news from Ryan Tannehill there. He said he's grown a lot as a leader in the last 20 months, obviously has a lot of time to reflect on his life, both in football and otherwise. He said he keeps a journal about football notes, life notes, things he can keep and remember, things that are important to him to remember on his journey in this life, both in football and off the field. And just speaking from personal experience myself, I really grew up a lot in my late 20s, from about 25 to 28, 29. I changed so much and figured out kind of what it is and what it takes to be a man, to be an adult, to be a responsible, functioning member of society. And yeah, that might be a late bloomer, but that happens for a lot of people. So regards to maturity and just having a better understanding of what he has to do both as a leader, as a man, as a husband, as a parent, as a football player, whatever it is, he just sounds like he is in a really good place and it's fun to see. And that's why I wrote a piece this morning and published it on LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys can check it out right now. Ryan Tannehill 2.0, three reasons why you should have confidence in Ryan Tannehill. And it's three things I've talked about a lot this offseason. First was obviously the, the construction of the football team, getting these slot receivers, these slot-centric receivers, players that play more in line, in between the numbers, guys that can have an impact off the line of scrimmage, Danny Amendola is one of the most decorated players in league history in that respect in terms of what he can do, both getting off press, getting off the line of scrimmage, catching footballs, converting first downs, all that fun stuff. Albert Wilson, who has just been shining in camp so far, is the same mold. And both of those guys provide so much on the screen blocking game, something the Dolphins have not had in recent years. So he really can excel with those guys. The tight ends also, going back to Anthony Fasano, Charles Clay, the receivers I didn't mention previously, Devon Bess, you talk about Jarvis Landry, Ryan Swope back at Texas A&M. Then they now have the tight ends as well with Mike Gesicki, Durham Smythe, maybe AJ Derby, Marquise Gray. We'll see what happens with the depth chart there. But Ryan Tannehill has the pieces they need to make him the player that he can be. And it goes the same way with the offensive line as well, getting the football out of his hands quickly. In 2016, he was the third highest rated passer in the NFL when the ball came out in two and a half seconds or less behind record-setting MVP Matt Ryan and the guy that a lot of folks wanted to have that MVP award over Matt Ryan, Tom Brady. So Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Ryan Tannehill, not bad company. And the last note in the column is talking about the overall confidence and swagger and the way he carries himself in these pressers and practice and everything. And that general aura that he puts off right now and showing his confidence in himself. And that was the big part about it was there have been two times that the adversity against Ryan Tannehill has been very well documented. Maybe it happened other times, but there were two occurrences where it was could not have been more in your face. The first one was when Joe Philbin made that egregious comment talking about Derek Carr and how he would have drafted Derek Carr in 2014. Right after that, Ryan Tannehill, the Miami Dolphins are 1-2. and two. Tannehill off to a poor start. Tannehill ripped off an eight-game stretch where he had five games with a passer rating over 100. I believe the lowest one was 104. The highest one was up around 136. He had 16 touchdown passes in those eight games, and the Dolphins were rolling pretty well at that point of the season. And then last, or in 2016, Tannehill's last season playing, Dolphins were 1-4. Even myself, I was like, alright, this guy's done in Miami. He, he's not going to make it here. He's going to have to move on. Dolphins are going to have to start all the way over again. After that, he goes eight games with a passer rating cumulative over 100, and the Dolphins go 7-1 and one in that bit. So it's 
for me, you guys know I've been very confident in what he can do with this football team, but the way they've built it around him, the confidence he has, the maturity he has, the time off that he's had, his ability to grow as a leader in the last 20 months and really step back and gain perspective on his life, both as a player and as a man, I just see big, big things coming for this guy and for the team as well. And speaking of the team, we have more notes from day two of training camp, and we'll do that in the next segment. But first, a word from our friends over at Nordic Track. And I told you guys a personal story yesterday about being here down at Disneyland and the ability to work out at home or in the hotel here. It is such a nice bonus to have to have an in-home workout system, and you can have that with Nordic Track. Nordic Track has a series of training equipment to give you amazing workouts in the convenience of your own home, including treadmills, exercise bikes, incline trainers, and strength trainers. You can enjoy high energy streamed workouts any time of day without stepping out the door. Join stream workouts in both studios and exotic destinations around the world. Start your day with a run through the streets of Paris and end with cross training on the shores of Thailand. Or you can work out on an African safari. You can do it wherever you want to do it. Workouts are led by the world's top personal trainers to ensure you meet your fitness goals. And for a limited time only, special offer for locked on listeners. Get $75 off your Nordic Track purchase by visiting nordictrack.com slash locked on and using the offer code locked on. Again, visit N-O-R-D-I-C-T-R-A-C-K.com slash locked on and use offer code locked on during checkout to save $75 off your Nordic Track purchase today. We have plenty more to get to on the podcast, guys. We'll do that next. Locked on Dolphins podcast at Wingfield NFL at Locked on Fins. Moving into the teeth of the podcast here, segment number two, there was a couple of notes on yesterday's podcast I didn't get to that I read later after I had recorded. As you guys know, I'm on vacation. That ends here pretty soon. We'll get back to a more regularly scheduled program next week. But we are going to do the podcast live after practice to get you guys immediate updates and be the most up-to-date podcast on the internet talking about the Miami Dolphins. But yesterday, Jakeem Grant had a big struggle with drops throughout the course of the day. I don't think it's a huge deal, but nonetheless, you know, catch the football and just do your job. So maybe Jakeem Grant can get back on track in day two. Sounds like he probably did. Didn't hear anything about his drops in this game. And then also a post I read on the fins.com from message uh, from member Disgustapate. We call him D-Pate around those parts. His name is John. Very, very knowledgeable football fan. He talked about the Dolphins running a lot of 12 personnel and getting two tight ends on the field. And that could be almost a base type of offense for the Dolphins where they rotate guys in and out. Albert Wilson, Danny Amendola. You have Devontae Parker and Kenny Stills there who are basically, who have basically been 11 personnel receivers for the entirety of their careers, but maybe the Dolphins can usher in some more different rotations with these different looks and get guys performing better on different types of routes like the screen game, the shallow game, the intermediate game, that type of thing. And speaking of 12 personnel, the tight ends that have been out there have been Marquise Gray and A.J. Derby atop the depth chart, and then you have Mike Gesicki and Durham Smythe behind them, and I heard some good notes about how Durham Smythe is catching the football well. He looks very fluid, very smooth in his movements, and has a real chance to make an impact on this team as a rookie. It sounds like today Brock Osweiler had a bit of a rebound compared to yesterday's terrible day. David Fells fell back a little bit. Ryan Tannehill was sharp yet again in practice, and that Tannehill to Danny Amendola connection continues to just thrive and every other pass seems to be going to Danny Amendola so expect a lot of catches from Amendola I was pretty bullish or uh, bearish on Danny Amendola going into the year but it sounds like he might be 
the go-to guy in the offense in terms of getting the football out of Tannehill's hands for short, easy completions. Torrey McTire, the cornerback, 23-year-old second-year player, the undrafted free agent in 2017, had an interception today, a very nice play per reports, and he has looked very impressive in camp. I said Isaiah Ford got hurt, but he came back into practice. Same with Jake Brendel. And other pass-catching news, Albert Wilson has just been shining in practice so far, making big plays down the field. He hauled in a 40-yard touchdown pass from David Fales today through double coverage, so good on the free agent signing, showing his stripes early in camp. The kicker battle is being won very clearly right now by Jason Sanders. He had a 6-for-6 day yesterday, and then Greg Joseph missed half of his field goals today, missed three kicks. Not good news for the undrafted man out of FAU. As far as punt returns go, Drew Morgan, Kenyon Drake, Brandon Ratcliffe, Buddy Howe, Jakeem Grant, Torrey McTire, and Rashawn Scott were the guys fielding punts in practice today. So expect some of those guys to have an impact in preseason games, fielding punts and making returns in the games. And speaking of special teams, a side note here, a sidebar, Tony Sperano has his service going on, I think today or maybe tomorrow. And I would not be surprised if Darren Rizzi was excused to attend that. A lot of other big time coaches around the league have done so already. And I expect Darren Rizzi to be in attendance for that. They were close friends during Sperano's time here as well. Quentin Poling had an interception today on a tipped pass. And Claudie Mathau, the undrafted free agent, the defensive lineman, I talked about him on a podcast previously saying that he had a chance to really make a run at the practice squad, maybe even the roster as a dark horse. Sounds like he had a nice, very nice play and a tipped pass that led to an interception today. So good on him. Good on the team for having a good practice today. Not a lot going on. Sounds like the Dolphins are playing aggressive. They're playing fast. They're getting plenty of work in today. And maybe the best news of all of it is that Raekwon McMillan publicly announced, I I guess you call it announced, that he is officially back to pre-injury health and playing at 100% speed and health. So let's hope so because he is a big-time part of this defense and possibly even the linchpin of this defense. And speaking of presser availability, I really wish they would add more pressers to the team page on Twitter like they did in OTAs. So far, we've only gotten those extremely cliche post-practice hits where the players are standing on the field with a horde of reporters surrounding them and using terms like physical, aggressive, each and every day. And it's only been Coach Gaze at the podium. But luckily, he's pretty refreshing and a good press conference. So we'll talk about his press availability next on Locked On Dolphins podcast. It's at Wingfield NFL at Locked On Fins. Day two of camp in the books now rolling on the podcast talking about Adam Gaze's press availability and what did the head coach say to the media. And let's go ahead and just go bullet point by bullet point here. It still isn't even available up on Twitter, but I'm using Joe Shad's piece on the Palm Beach Post. Joe Shad, the best beat writer in Miami, will go ahead and use his stuff. Talking about Raekwon McMillan yet again, Adam Gaze said the only thing McMillan has to do is just show it on the field in games. Obviously, we haven't had a chance to see that yet just because he was hurt last year, but he is very smart and an excellent leader. Things we have heard a lot about over the last two seasons. Jordan Phillips does some things athletically a man of that size shouldn't be able to do. And we saw that in 2016 with the interception he had and the high hurdle, but probably one of the most famous highlights of recent Dolphins memory. Talking about the defense, and this was my favorite part of the entire thing. He said, we know a team that we face twice a year that uses a three safety look all the time and our third safeties can help in the running game. And what that says to me is that TJ McDonald despite getting first team reps the last couple of days, is going to be the third safety. It's going to be Rashad Jones. It's going to be Minka Fitzpatrick. Not that that was any bit of a mystery, but Adam Gaze basically in a roundabout way just admitted as much. And of course, he's talking about the New England Patriots and that dime defense. And they run that defense more than just about anybody. And that's why so many people 
when they talk about how the Patriots don't have a pass rusher, they don't have defensive ends, it's just kind of laughable because they rely on their defensive backs to execute their defense. And Bill Belichick knows what he's doing. That's not a bad guy to copy. Talking about Charles Harris and how hard he works, and he said that the sacks are going to come. They're more concerned about... They're not concerned about the lack of sacks. They were concerned about the fact that he was getting close to the quarterback and getting pressures and the fact that as a rookie, it may be a little bit tougher to get in there. And in year two, you can expect a boon in the sack production. Where have we heard this before? On this very podcast several times. Our defensive linemen are going to play less snaps this year, which means more defensive backs on the field like we talked about, possibly rotating guys through even more. Cam Wake will be a rotational guy. They're eight deep on the defensive line, so these guys are going to play a heavy rotation on the defense. They want Albert Wilson's touches to turn essentially into punt returns, catching swing passes, catching screen passes, catching the flat routes, all that fun stuff Jarvis Landry did. But Albert Wilson with the explosiveness to take the ball to the house rather than just break a couple of tackles. And we all know that Wilson broke one tackle fewer than Jarvis Landry on 60 fewer catches in 2017. And then also Gaze talked about the tight end position and Mike Gesicki and how Yeah, it might be a bit of a slow-going process right now. I think people are going to freak out over two days of training camp practice, but he said he will come on and he'll see different defenses and that'll get him more acclimated both in third down red zone work. He's going to just have to take a lot onto his plate. Tight ends have so much to deal with in their rookie year. Talking about Frank Gore, he looks to gaze like he did 10 years ago. 10 years ago, Gore is the last person that Adam Gaze would ever doubt. And that's basically just about it from Adam Gaze's press availability. Not a whole lot, but still just some refreshing notes. I think he really played his hand talking about Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ McDonald in the dime defense, saying that the dime defense or the third safety can really provide help against the run. All right, guys, I am in day five of a six-day vacation in Southern California down here at Disneyland. Today we have no plans until a 7 o'clock first pitch Mariners game at the Angels. I can't wait to watch my team on the road. I have never done that before. I'm looking very much forward to that. But we're going to be at the pool all day, so I'll have my phone by me. Ask me questions. Get up, get at me on Twitter. It's at WingfulNFL. Let's talk some Dolphins football. But as for now, as for this podcast, that is going to do it. You guys, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite team. Give me a follow on Twitter at WinkleNFL. Follow the show at LockdownFins. And keep up daily on our Dolphins blog at LockdownDolphins.com. Jason Harina is doing an awesome job giving us the camp updates on LockdownDolphins.com. You guys have a terrific Friday and a terrific rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday for another edition of Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football. Oh, no, no.